Welcome to the Found Her Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Shannon. And we are the filmmaker, photographer, and co-founders of Found Her Productions. Together, we capture the essence of women so they can communicate their truth with confidence and ease. Through working with our clients, we've learned that each of their stories are so unique and to our surprise, mostly non-linear. We believe these stories deserve to be heard to inspire women along their own journey to finding themselves and creating the life that they truly desire. This podcast is where badass, trailblazing boss ladies will expose the ups, the downs, and everything else involved in creating their own path in work and in life. So sit back, get comfy, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome back, everybody, to the Found Her Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Shannon. And we are the co-founders of Found Her Productions and the lovely hosts of this very podcast. <laughs> Do you want to introduce our guest, Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Today, we have Sarah Levine with us. And Sarah is a client of ours. We worked with her last year and have been witnessing her success ever since. We met in a, um, a women's coaching or women's mindset coaching group. And it's really fun to be kind of part of the same network with Sarah because she's very, very inspiring, always accomplishing something and showing um, showing what's possible for women out there. And today we're going to try something a little different and have Sarah introduce herself. Yes. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me here. Yes. Thanks for being here. Why don't you take a minute and give our listeners a little uh, introduction as to who you are, what you're all about, what okay. you do. Yeah, I'm Sarah Levine. I am a lot of things. Um, (laughs) What first and foremost, I guess, um, I'm a mom of two little boys. They're uh, six and almost six and seven, five Mm -hmm. and six right now. And uh, wife. And I'm also a mindset coach. um, And I have my own floral design company. Wow. Yeah. A lot of things. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. A lot of hats. <laughs> a lot of hats. Yes. It is a lot, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll dig into that a little Let's bit. Let's dig. Um, but as per usual, we're going to start our conversation off with what we call the brag spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason we do this is to uh, give our guests an opportunity to just take the spotlight and just full on brag about something that's going really, really well for them right now. It can be big or small. It doesn't matter. Um, And we do this with the purpose of normalizing women speaking out proudly and confidently about their accomplishments. Amen. Uh, Amen. (laughs) Amen. So take the floor, Sarah. Okay. I love that you do this. I do this with my own clients. Amazing. Much to their chagrin in the beginning because (laughs) the word brag has such a negative connotation and Mm. we are so not used to sharing them with each other, especially with with other women. Yeah. Mm. Um, But all the more reason for us to get used to it. And we're like a month into this round with my my group now and they Mm. are used to it. They are coming with really amazing brags in their back pocket ready to share. So it's been amazing to watch them get used to and comfortable sharing. So I will proudly brag mm-hmm. that um, what came to mind was I had a uh, follow-up call with a specialist at SickKids. So my son was, um, we had reached out and had an appointment with their um, 
psychiatry department and they had um there were issues around like especially during covid and lockdown and online learning which we opted him out of but we had struggled with him and watched him struggle with his um with various things um focus, um, quick-tempered, some some small ticks and things like that. And the brag is that when we had the call with the doctor, uh, the follow-up call, I shared what we had been doing, and a lot of what we had done was instinctive. It was, um, certainly I can speak for myself, like what I was doing with him was, um, it's what I felt in my gut um, he needed. And... Um, and I felt and was so validated by this doctor who said I'm, he was taken aback, so impressed by mm. what we were doing um, with, with my son and um, that we were kind of doing it uh, instinctively and without, you know, we didn't read a hundred books. We didn't go to a bunch of different um, uh, specialists, which is all those are wonderful things and they're on our list. But I think we trusted ourselves as parents mm. And we're able to sense what he needed most, which oftentimes in our case is just an abundance of attention and love. <laughs> and we do that freely in our house. And um, we've seen some massive changes in both our kids, really, from that. And wow. it felt really nice to be validated from a professional. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm a... Yeah great mother oh, <laughs> that yeah. is my brag that's yes. an amazing brag you should definitely be owning that that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome I feel like it can be one of the things that you second guess the most oh. in your life oh my gosh totally. and so much judgment towards mothers mm-hmm. yes um, yes like so much mm-hmm. so much yeah, yeah. that mothers yeah. have to deal with so well, good for you good for you for seeing that in yourself and for what I was hearing when you were telling that story was also just really honoring your son as an individual yep. and mm-hmm. and trusting your own intuition about yeah. what's needed. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the trusting yourselves as parents was like, that. that's huge. It sounds so simplistic, Yep. Mm-hmm. but it can be really hard. And mm-hmm. like something as simple as like extra love and abundance and mm-hmm. being okay with that and, mm-hmm. and knowing that that's what's needed. Boom, like that's amazing. It's mm-hmm. transformative. Yeah. Um, at any age. Yeah. Imagine what it does for adults to be completely accepted and showered mm-hmm. with love and affection. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know. do we not all want that desperately? Yeah, I guess we don't really grow for out sure. of wanting or needing that We don't that grow out of wanting it. Yeah. And as, as I guess as adults, we find all kinds of ways sometimes to our detriment, you know, things that harm us in looking for those and seeking those things out. But as kids, like they, I mean, especially at six, like he doesn't have, he's still so malleable. Mm-hmm. So he's still so genuine and mm-hmm. so honest. And so when he craves love and attention, he'll say, I need attention. Wow. He doesn't go out and like seek out some kind of validation that, mm-hmm. that gives him what he, you know, feels like he, it fills some need right. in wow. an unhealthy way. You That's know? like such good self-awareness for a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think he says that because he knows that when he asks for it, he'll get it from you. hundred like, percent. Yeah. And we're interested. Yeah. 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 We're oh totally gosh, interested amazing. in what yeah. he needs. Yeah. And will we practice it with each other? That's awesome. As, as in a marriage, like mm-hmm. it's, vital yeah you know totally it's so vital we don't live in a culture that supports that Mm -hmm. naturally and so it actually is a um something to do that 
we've been very purposeful and intentional mm-hmm. um, with modeling that for our kids too. That's so awesome. And I think mm-hmm. like the more you provide that, this is turning into a parenting podcast. I know. So I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so totally down. It's part of it. Yeah. It's part of it. It's a huge part of, so it. part of it. It's such a huge part. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the more you provide that at home and like within the family dynamic, the more just like stable and supported kids feel when they're like out in the world. That's the idea. Right? You know, I the feedback we get often from teachers, from currently camp counselors, is that our kids are, um, are this one, this my older son uh, specifically, because we're talking about him. The feedback we get is always that he is an angel. Like he is so lovely, so well behaved, um, so engaging. And um, and then there are periods of time where we don't see that at home. We see something totally different. And what I've been told is that that is, can be a very good sign that they can be themselves and have all of their um, uncomfortable feelings and work through them at home where they know they're safe to do it. So that when they go out into the world, they, they're getting their needs met at home so they don't need to work that out Gosh, out there. That's exactly how I think of my morning routine, <laughs> my mindset <laughs> routine. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm working through all that stuff so that I don't, I can kind of keep it out of other people's yeah. lives as much as possible. Totally. You know, so that they don't have to bring them down if, with my negative feelings. Absolutely. You know, process them, work through them and and then show up as my full self when I am around others Absolutely. as much as possible. Anyways. Absolutely. But yeah. And as an adult, I guess you yeah. can do that for yourself. Yeah. As kids, were, they're learning how I mean, to do that. I couldn't always as an adult. Right. I'm not going to lie, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm getting better at it. Probably yeah. most people can't. Yeah. Probably yeah. most hence, people don't know how to do hence that. Hence the need for life coaches. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, as you were talking about that, about your son, like how much does this learning experience of being a mother, like influence or inform like you as a coach, your, your strategy or your approach as a coach, like how many, are there a lot of parallels there? There are a lot of things yeah, like themes that you deal with on a regular basis. I mean, from what both roles ask of me, um, two things come to mind automatically. One is that I'm taking care of myself. Like if I don't have boundaries with my children even, Mm -hmm. but also my clients, then I can't show up fully Mm -hmm. and and support them in the way that they need. You know, we've all heard the oxygen mask in Mm -hmm. the airplane scenario where we have to put on our own oxygen mask first in order to then be of service and help the people around us. Mm -hmm. And that even goes for my children. Mm -hmm. I am not of maximum service to them as their mother when I am denying parts of myself, when I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm not a priority mm-hmm. of my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the same with my clients. If I am not taking care of myself, my needs, like my own mental health, mm-hmm. then I can't actively listen. I yeah. can't put my stuff aside and actually what I feel is be um, use my intuition with them, mm-hmm. like be a channel. I can't access what I need to access in order to, um, you know, effectively do the work with them that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really great, like foundational, like similarity, I guess, even. And then I feel like there's probably so many, like once you start to think about 
like you were talking about a moment ago, how he is so expressive of what he wants. And then people kind of bury that as they get older, yeah. they, mm-hmm. for, you know, so many different reasons, but you help people uncover those reasons and get to the root of what they want as adults. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I know in my own experience that the cost of not giving life to the things I truly wanted in my life mm-hmm. cost me greatly. Yeah. And I see that in so many people all over the place, mm-hmm. that when you deny that little part of yourself that is aching for something, that, you know, there's this great saying that I love, which is when we bury our feelings, we bury them alive. Mm-hmm. And when oh we bury gosh. our desires, so we good. bury them alive too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's, they poke out the side doors, oh, you know, yeah. and they'll come yeah. out in like toxic relationships, mm-hmm. um, abusing alcohol and drugs and food and all kind. And I have been down all those roads. Mm-hmm. And until those, until I addressed all of those things, yeah then I could safely actually let that part of myself that was like screaming at that point to get out. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't safe before. Yeah. So it had to, you have to, you know, I had to create a hospitable environment to have that come to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that expression that like you bury them alive. It's so true. And mm-hmm. I know you were speaking about like desires, but it's the same thing with like traumas. All of it. They will just keep showing their head mm-hmm. until they are acknowledged and dealt with and processed or well, whatever. Our subconscious mind will ensure that we create the same situations mm-hmm. over and over and over again mm-hmm. in our lives so that we have the opportunity again and again and again to mm-hmm. to learn the lesson, yeah. to work through. It's how we collapse time. Learn the lesson the first time. Right. And then you don't need to go through it right. six times. Yeah. You know, like um, that's kind of like the blessing and the curse. Yeah. If you if you uncover the secret, it's a big ass blessing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. A whole new world. It could be extremely uncomfortable to do that. But yes. it's if you can see through to the other side, mm-hmm. if you have that level of awareness, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're like totally collapsing time and doing yourself a huge favor mm-hmm. by like sitting with the feelings, processing them. Well, and the trauma is, yeah. um, you know, people go their whole lives without without healing, mm-hmm. without healing and staying imprisoned by Mm -hmm. by the past yes you know yeah yeah so like can you give an example for yourself of where maybe something kept showing up and you eventually like you kind of you kind of described loosely there like something maybe recently that you you eventually let it out and set up the scene somewhere comfortable where you could allow it to be free yeah I mean I would say, like, I've had this, you know, what, what I've heard, too, as referred to the small knowing whisper mm. in the pit of my belly that's had this calling, this desire to want to, um, for me, it's wanting to be of service in a more impactful way. Okay. And there were, for many years, lots of things that stifled that Mm -hmm. you know and that actually kept that a whisper instead of a voice instead Mm -hmm. of a yell or a calling Mm -hmm. you know it was Mm -hmm. quiet and um it's still there it's Mm -hmm. still there and that's that's the thing that it's it can be extremely painful yeah it's like living in unmet potential 
for Ugh. your whole entire Ugh. life, right? Gives me chills. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's excruciating. So, yeah. Yeah. for me, um, I I needed to stop numbing. Mm-hmm. I needed to stop avoiding it. I needed to stop turning away from it and actually create a space in my life for it to grow mm-hmm. and allow it to come yeah, come up to the surface. And for me, that was coaching. Like for me, okay. that was, and coaching even is a stretch. Like it was just wanting to be of service. Right. That was that feeling, that the, the, the sense in the pit of my belly that knew that that was my purpose. Okay. Wow. Wow. So this is like pretty recent for you or? So that was probably in January. Wow. So what Mm. was it that, that like what circumstance was it that you finally were able to allow it out? Well, I think it goes back to like, I think what leads to, for me, what led to that coming out was, um, exhausting my resources, keeping it quiet. Mm, So I was a goal achiever, Uh um, especially when I started doing this mindset work where we met Mm -hmm. um, in the group that we met. I very quickly discovered how to set a goal, achieve a goal with blinders on. So I loved monetary goals. They're super measurable. Mm -hmm. And I love the the rush that comes when you achieve it or you see it's on the horizon. What happened for me is that for about three or four years, I made uh, huge strides in in that area of my life and in my business, um, in my floral design business, but at the cost of everything else. So it wasn't a holistic mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle or goal. You know, it was all about um, hitting a monetary amount. And my marriage suffered mm-hmm. and my spirit suffered. My children suffered being, you know, totally not available for them mm-hmm. in more ways than one. And my body suffered. I gained probably over 100 pounds mm-hmm. in that in those three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been sober for a really long time, and blessedly, that is still the case. Um, But, like, that's a matter of time. Mm -hmm. You know, when I ignore, like, don't put on my oxygen mask, Mm -hmm. and I avoid what is being called out of me Mm -hmm. and try to avoid reality, Mm -hmm. eventually, that will lead back to all the things that worked for me once before which was drugs, alcohol, you know, all those things. And that's what you mean by resources? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so for me, the most, the resource most, uh, um, like most recently would be food, my relationship with food and my relationship with my body. Um, And I feel for me that until I addressed that part of my life that was completely, completely out of control mm-hmm. um, and because I was achieving goals and doing well in this other area my business was was you know quadrupling its sales like there was all this great stuff mm-hmm. no one's asking about the weight gain or about right. the other areas of my life where I feel like my husband and I are yelling divorce at each other mm-hmm. you know 
No and one is asking about those things because I just have wins to share. Right. About and my business. Including yourself, probably too. Like you're Absolutely. not asking about those things either. Absolutely. But why, when I achieve them, do I not? Can I not enjoy them? Right. Why, when I hit those goals, can I not? Why does it? Why is it so fleeting? Mm-hmm. I can't be with it. So, I, I, until I ab, like I really addressed. Um, you know, most recently, the food issue, I couldn't move forward in my mindset program. Mm. Like in as, a, you know, as a client, mm-hmm. okay. I couldn't get past I, even the monetary, the places I wanted to take my business. I couldn't move past that because I had this heavy ceiling on top of me that capped my results. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and I think when I look back at it now, it's a means for me to stay big, literally, but small spiritually. Mm -hmm. Wow. Stay really, really small and really in the illusion of safety Mm -hmm. because I know that that whisper is actually a scream. Right. You know? Wow. Wow. And now that you've sort of like removed that cap, so Mm -hmm. to speak, Mm -hmm. which it sounds like you have. Yeah. How has your like relationship with your body changed? So it's interesting because I've ha- always had a very strained relationship with my body and mm-hmm. a very complicated relationship with food. It's been my best friend. It's been my worst enemy. It's been uh, everything in between. Mm-hmm. And the one constant throughout, uh, you know, my thirty-nine years of relationship with it is that um, it was a means for me to oftentimes either uh, reward myself, Mm -hmm. to celebrate wins, Mm -hmm. to, um, or to escape. Mm -hmm. Um, But all of that resulted in abuse. It was, it is a way of, you know, self-abusing in so many, Mm -hmm. in so many instances. I've been a size six and felt like, you know, an XL4. Right. You know, I felt I've been over 300 pounds and felt like a size six. It's complete, complete body dysmorphia. There's no, it's absolutely over the top, um, full flight from reality. Wow. And uh, what I can say is at my most broken in that in that in that space um you know my sales were at close like really multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars wow and i was 300 pounds and i couldn't play with my kids mm-hmm. and i hadn't you know looked at my husband in a really long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um i didn't show up for things right. i stopped uh, living right Okay, so what happened? What happened was, um, I turned forty at the end of last year in twenty twenty, and um, I think in the back of my head, my mom passed away when I was fifteen, and she was forty eight. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, I've always held on to some idea that because I look exactly like my mother, and I'm there's so many similarities between me and my mom um, that maybe that would be my path too. And I think it was a big wake up call to be f- to 
to celebrate my, well, not celebrate because I didn't do anything for my 40th birthday, Mm -hmm. COVID, but also wait, Mm -hmm. hiding out. You know, I have a very close friend who said, like, you spend your life hiding, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why my business is so great because I can hide behind my success in my business. Anyway, right, 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 right. That's an aside, but uh, 40 and, you know, over 300 pounds and completely depressed um, and not not really living and feeling like I was, you know, it's I was on my way to an early grave. That's mm-hmm. what I felt. Wow. What was it that made you say, like, enough is enough right here, like, and change your course from that point? I think for me... And I think this way too of recovery, like from my alcoholism, it's not, it's not something didn't happen. You know, it is a moment of grace. It's a, a mustard seed of willingness mm-hmm. to, to try something a new way. And I knew from my experience with uh, AA that there was a program for people who suffered from food addiction mm-hmm. and, um, I had been in and out of those rooms for Mm -hmm. many, many years, never able to really string together any length of recovery in that in that place. Um, I thought that I could cure it with my mindset work, actually. Mm. And what I what I did was in those three years of of doing my work, uh, my mindset work is I pitted you know, recovery from my food addiction and um, thinking into results, this mindset work against mm. each other. Mm. So every time I hit a small bottom with the food, uh, I would say, well, I can do this with my mindset program. I don't need to go to, I don't need recovery in that 12 right. step sense. I can do this with this. And then every time I really hit a, a, a deeper bottom, I would say, can't do it with this. Got to leave the mindset thing. And it's all, it's, it was black and white. It was all or nothing. One or the other. Yeah, One yeah. or the other. Mm-hmm. And what happened on my birthday around there, certainly like right at New Year's was they aligned. I used the image of me in the middle of this program of recovery Mm -hmm. with the 12 steps, which has worked so well for me with other Mm -hmm. substances. And I used uh, the image of me there, seeing that as part of my goal. I I was a goal-achieving magnet. I could Mm -hmm. achieve any goal that I set out to. So I just had it include having a peaceful relationship with my body and food. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when those two aligned mm-hmm. recovery and mindset work, that's when my world completely changed. That makes a lot of sense to me. I love hearing that too. Um, certain like surrender to it working. And it's almost like from what I know about mindset work and setting goals and, and why some don't work is like sometimes when we want something, we want it so badly that we even if we speak in the positive sense, we're coming from a place of not having it. Yeah. And sometimes we are inexperienced with goal setting and we make it about what we don't want to have. Well, like for instance, like saying you, like if you had phrased your goal, I no longer want to have 
an uncomfortable relationship with my body. Mm-hmm. You'd have to phrase it differently. Like mm-hmm. I want to have a, a healthy and comfortable relationship with my body mm-hmm. in order to actually move towards that being the reality. Yep. And even to take that a step further, like mm-hmm. I, it was important for me, and this isn't true of everybody, but f- certainly for me, I had to take the focus off weight and make the focus on peace. Mm-hmm. And the shift for me in that, and that's really the mindset work for me around weight and food, is if I am striving to become a certain weight, which I've been, I've been skinny, I've been underweight, I've been all the things. Mm -hmm. And if I'm striving, I'm still in the management seat. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to, there's still a belief that then, you know, when then, when I'm this, then yeah. I will this. Yeah, yeah. When I'm thin, then I will step out and live again. Yes, right. When I'm this weight, then I'll, you know, I'll start the career. Right. And that is true at no weight. Like there is no weight to get to for yeah. that to be true because that lives in my mind. Mm-hmm. That That is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what I discovered in merging my recovery and my mindset work is that you know I harmed myself into my into being 300 pounds and I had to love myself Mm -hmm. out of that weight Mm -hmm. I didn't berate myself and tell myself that until I was a certain size then I would be okay or be lovable or what have you it had to start today yeah wow that's amazing Mm -hmm. I think that's like um I feel like I can relate to some of your saying some of what you're saying, my own like experience with my body and with food and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like something that I've tried playing around with is like exactly what you're saying. And I think that's probably why a lot of people that, you know, um, try to like go from being overweight to like being a certain weight is that they're coming from a place of like, almost like, like hating yourself. Rejection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you come at it from a place of like love and respect for your body, Mm -hmm that's like an entirely different experience mm-hmm. than coming at it from like a, a hatred or... Oh, well, it's a different experience and the results of that are completely are... different. Yes, which is why people that even if they do go through a huge weight loss journey, if they're coming at it from that angle, it, de- it doesn't stick. Nope. You know, mm-hmm. they fall back into it. Right. Because they haven't changed their mindset. Exactly. You know, like I, um, I love my body today. I absolutely Amazing. love it. I love everything that it is doing yes. and that it has done for me. Ooh. I'm excited mm-hmm. to for it to evolve and change into being, you know, what I feel like my higher power wants it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I which is active, vibrant, healthy, playing mm-hmm. with my kids and all those things. That might mean more weight comes off, but I'm not trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not I'm living my life mm-hmm. and turning over my weight mm-hmm. and maintaining this healthy, rich relationship with food and my body. Mm-hmm. Loving, loving, loving and accepting like radically accepting yes. every part of me that I spent most of my life rejecting. That's wow. incredible. <laughs> I'm seeing this like um, this kind of um, parallel between like your desire to be like of service to other people and like that coming along with you being of service like to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, that what's that that expression? Like until you learn to love yourself, you can't truly love another person. Oh, yeah. yeah. RuPaul I mean, says it in every episode of Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another reminder yes. that I should be watching the show. It's so and good. Jeff Goldblum's on it or something. <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> like, I'll go anywhere where Jeff Yes, you need to watch <laughs> this saying. show. It's so good. But anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's huge. But it's yeah. true. And mo- as most, like, cliche things are, like, it's true. Mm-hmm. It is true. Yeah. Like, and that's why through this journey this year, um, my marriage is like, it's never been this good. Wow. It is no never, I have never, I have never been this in love with my husband. Oh. Not even when I was a size six, because that has nothing <laughs> like to do to with do it. With it. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I only know that now after loving and accepting who I am today mm-hmm. and that that, accepting that he loves me. Yeah. You know, yeah. able to accept that. I and like, that. Yeah. oh, it's just, it's a game changer. There was a time where, you know, especially with having young kids and when I wasn't living the life that I wanted within myself, that I couldn't see a future with him, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And I had have these fears of like, the kids are going to go off and grow up one day and we're not going to have anything left in the tank for each other. Mm. And now right. I, I'm like excited for that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, yes and no. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not excited for the kids to leave, but I, right. I have a, a newfound, like, wonderful friendship and relationship mm-hmm. with my husband. So, wow. yeah. That's amazing and probably very inspiring for a lot of people to hear to yeah. feel like um, a relationship can improve over time oh or, go yeah. or go through or go through those and highs and lows and, yep. and yeah. that you can like just because you go through a low doesn't mean your highs can't be higher than they've ever been before. That's yes. the thing. Yeah. So true. Better yeah. than ever. Mm-hmm. Better than ever. And it's and and like our external life is better than ever. Also, you know what I mean? Like the actual from that place. Mm-hmm you know, everything improves. Yeah, like you mentioned, there was a point in your marriage where you were screaming divorce at each other. And like, it's hard to think, I think, when you're in that, that you could come back from that. Mm -hmm. And that almost seems like it could be like a resource, as you described. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm unhappy. Like, I I don't feel fulfilled. Like, maybe it's the marriage that's the Mm -hmm. problem. And if Mm -hmm. we get rid of that, then Mm -hmm. like, then I'll be okay. But it's just another resource yeah. I like using that term actually that's yeah. an interesting way to phrase it it's like this other place to focus mm-hmm. on exactly. being the problem yeah mm-hmm. that's outside of yourself right mm-hmm. like it's all like external and it's like a way of avoiding absolutely it's a great the ultimate deflector yes yeah yeah finding finding problems everywhere else absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it's the job it's the weight yeah it's the you know mm-hmm. The, the relationship, it's the, the relationship, it's the marriage, it's yeah. the, all the, the it's home, like, we don't whatever. make enough money, we don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 I find it interesting that you describe yourself as like a goal magnet, and that you like, no problem reaching monetary goals, mm-hmm. no problem, whereas mm-hmm. like, not everybody maybe could say that, um, but you still felt so unfulfilled, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that's a scary place to get to, yeah, you know, because we bank on so much on those things making us happy and feel mm-hmm. fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What happens when you get there and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it not, might not be what you want anymore once you not. get there. Yeah. Right. It's something that I think has become more obvious to me in my journey of um, becoming more aware and accepting help with the mindset stuff. And, and yeah, it's like you actually don't make goals to be happy. Um, you don't set a goal so that you, when you reach it, you're happy. Um, because mm-hmm. then like, 
you're waiting until you achieve the goal. It makes today something you have to get through in order to get to the place where you think you're going to then be happy. And then Mm -hmm. if you get there and you're not happy, then it's like, then what? (laughs) I mean, not, I had a a very good friend of mine used to say, Sarah, we could all get hit by a bus later today. Like, and as as morbid as that might seem, I actually love it because it's, it is when we've, when we've placed our happiness somewhere far off in the future, then like you, you know, like we were mm-hmm. just saying, it's it makes the present moment, which is frankly all there is. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you, bus yes. bus issue. Yeah, <laughs> um, it makes it something we have to trudge through. Yeah, to get yeah. to the ultimate finish line, and then mm-hmm. what you know, yeah. and um, it's almost like it's more about the journey part of it, and it's like 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 living and feeling that what you desire, like day to day, whether you like the outside things yeah. or not, you're still feeling it and living it. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk a lot in, in my program about how the goals are achieving the goals and getting the things, you know, that stuff is amazing. It's mm-hmm. fun. And mm-hmm. I love to look at it as evidence. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, this stuff is evidence that 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 my, the program that I go take my clients through, that it works. Mm-hmm. It's like tangible, yeah. you know? But the whole point of the goal is to grow and the mm-hmm. whole point of the goal is to become in my group's case the woman who you need to be in order to get on the same wavelength as that goal yeah yeah exactly. and by the time it comes you're like yeah. obviously yeah because you are her old news exactly. old news yeah. and then yeah, there's so you know next goal needs to be created so mm-hmm. that you grow even more and it's yeah. That's it's it's not this journey of getting it's this journey of becoming becoming mm-hmm. yeah like evolving yeah right yeah it's so funny that you reach the goal and you're kind of like oh yeah it's okay. almost like what you learn on your <laughs> way next? to your goal prepares you to be bored of your goal yeah. by the time you, yeah by the time you reach it yeah. you're like okay yeah. good thing I know how to set goals because yeah. I'm gonna need to do that again right now apparently <laughs> yeah totally. but then yeah. you look you know then you're actually. Like you're in it, you're enjoying it, you're you are embodying mm-hmm. all that growth, yeah, and that sure. truly is, truly is what it's about. Because like, if if not, then you get the things and you can't even enjoy them. Yeah, I yeah. know because I'm living proof of that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was sharing this with Shannon the other day. I I um, came across like a list of goals I had, like just really loose goals. I had for myself from like, I guess probably like two years ago when I would have started like the mindset work mm. and like so many things on the list. I was like, oh yeah, I have that. Yep. I have that. It was like, I want to start a production <laughs> business. I want to have an office. I want to start a podcast. <laughs> was on there. Hello. And I was like, okay, check, check. I guess I have all of those things from Kelsey two years ago. And it yeah. was like, I didn't even register to me. So what can you identify as being the most impactful things in you that you had to change in order to now look around and be like, oh, I have those things. Like, what did you give up and what did you become? I definitely gave up a lot of limiting beliefs around like what kind of person I am, Mm -hmm. what kind of like, um, what I'm capable of accomplishing. Mm -hmm. And even like the the level of like leadership it's taken to start a production business, to acquire an office, mm-hmm. to start a podcast. Like those mm-hmm. back then I think would have been really scary and intimidating and like um, unattainable things to me. Um, but evolving into that now, I'm like, oh, this is just my day to day now. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, you know, this is my reality now. Um, and so naturally, you know, I believe 
that I am somebody that has those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas back then, I, I I wouldn't have believed that. It would have been like that's something that other people do, right. not me. Yeah. 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 That's you. So you. That's the perfect example of what I just described. Yeah. Like who have you become? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Do you have an example? Yeah. Well, I have the same, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. I um I after she shared her list with me, I opened up a, uh, my workbook, uh, the thinking into results workbook. And I had like my goal written down in there. And it's funny, like exactly what was written there is the case now, which was, I want to have a, I, um, wanted to ha- have a business that created impactful transformational portraits for women. Mm. And I wanted to have a team to support me and everybody mm-hmm. would be focusing on their own strengths, zone of genius stuff that we talk about a lot now. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it's all here. Like it's all, I didn't know how it was going to happen, what it was going to be called, where we'd be located, nothing. I didn't even know Kelsey at that point. Um, and, um, and yeah, and I, I like have become a co-founder of a production company in the process. And, um, I've learned so much about business, mm-hmm. which is something that, mm-hmm. um, had you asked me a few years ago, like I wouldn't even have expressed an interest in, in in that but it just became part of my journey and I was like okay you know what I think I am somebody that could learn this subject and use it to serve not only myself but other people too and you're good at it thank you you're good at it thank you I actually really enjoy it which is uh something that again a past version of myself wouldn't have believed um to be true like I actually enjoy studying and learning about this and um, applying it, mm-hmm. actually taking action with it and applying it to my own business. So yeah, it's, it's been such a great learning experience and, um, a, like a leadership development experience yeah. as well too, which right. I didn't really know I was signing up for, but I guess I must've had some, some sort of like subconscious idea of that when I was writing, like, I want to be like, I want a team to support me. Of yeah. course, of course there's going to be some leader. Leader. leadership yeah. in there, but like, <laughs> might be involved. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, but I wasn't piecing that together at that time, right. like at all. I was just like, how cool would it be <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have a team of people that all believe in my vision, you yeah. know, like, um, but yeah, it's happening and, uh, it's, it's super rewarding to think about, like even just take away any of the monetary gains from yeah. having a business or anything. When you just think about that growth, yeah. um, involved, it's like, well, the whole business could like blow up for, but I still know what I learned in the process yeah. of making it that you know what you're capable I of. know what I'm capable of. Yeah. I have a lot more confidence that I could create something that travels. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Like that can be applied to anything yeah. because yeah, absolutely. That's, that's now your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So yeah. I, I actually kind of wanted to, I want to flip this and ask you like when you started your coaching business, mm-hmm. how w- was that different than when you started your floral business? Right. Because you'd already learned so much from setting up that floral business yeah. and making that a profitable, um, you know, profitable business. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I, <laughs> how many times term. can I, how many there times can really I say isn't. business? A few. <laughs> Everybody drink when I say business. Wait, no. <laughs> yeah. Water. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, it's so different because I, I, what I did uh, in creating Rose Hill was I, I had to deconstruct so many be- limiting beliefs about myself in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And because I had done that work, I didn't have all of that to do for my coaching mm-hmm. practice. Right. Um, I could draw on my experience from from creating that business you know the ideas of 
being a fraud or Mm -hmm. not being trained enough or there, you know, all the reasons, all the things, Mm um, who am I to do this? You know, um, it, it existed when I started that business too. And now I have the tools, the mindset tools, um, of like how to work with those and replace those beliefs with ones that actually fuel my behaviors and my new habits to get me closer to where I want to go. And ultimately, ultimately, I just remind myself that the reason I I am doing this is to serve other people and see an impact, my impact Mm -hmm. in the world and how my experience, strength and hope can benefit others. Yeah. That is my purpose. Yeah. And, you know, coaching is one of those areas, one that I feel very passionately about, one where I get to literally see the impact in the women I work with. Mm-hmm. That is huge. But it, the, the sharing the experience, strength, and hope is, doing, is this. Mm-hmm. It's being here like um, having my story have a purpose other than you know, being history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, it, I'm, I feel like part of that is the 12 steps in so ingrained in me being mm-hmm. of service to others and sharing my story so that if anyone relates to what I've shared, mm-hmm. um, then they know that the, what's true for me today can also be true for them. Yeah. Totally. And that is the whole point. Yes. The whole point. Yes. 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 There's yes. utility in, yeah. in what, we've been through when we share our stories and our journey. Absolutely. I've Mm -hmm. heard the term turning your mess into your mission. And I feel like that's what you're describing right now. Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, to add on to that, you mentioned a little bit before we started recording, like Mm -hmm. how important it is for people to share their stories Mm -hmm. for the sake of other people. And that's, that's really the point of this entire podcast. Right. Yeah. It's like everyone does have their own unique story, but when you hear someone else's, there's takeaways that are different for everyone. Mm -hmm. That you never know how that's going to land with the right person. Totally. I mean, you never really know your impact. Yeah. And I learned that in in the re- in recovery rooms. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can share some some story or some part of your past or some of your experience, and never really know that that's changed someone's life. Mm-hmm. But had you not said it, like that opportunity wouldn't exist. Yeah. And I was always told, and I love this, and it's true of life, um, to listen for the similarities and not the differences. Because mm-hmm. you'll always hear the differences. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. glaring. Mm-hmm. But if you are focused on them, you don't hear those nuggets of similarity where you can identify. And the whole mm-hmm. process of identification is the entryway. Mm-hmm. If I believe that, you know... If I can identify with the way you were, and that is how I'm feeling now, then I have a hope that maybe what you're doing now is true for me too. Exactly. Yeah. And that provides hope, which is oh yeah, priceless. Yeah. It's of service. Yeah. 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 But most people, there's so much shame in our stories. There's so mm-hmm. much like, especially when we talk about food and body, mm-hmm. we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. It's and it's still it can be easier for me to talk about my alcoholism, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Than than yeah. my food addiction. Wow. I mean, I've come a long way. I'm open about it now mm-hmm. because yeah. ultimately, I I care more about helping people yeah. than I do about what you think of me and yeah, my food totally. stuff. Oh my wow. gosh! Amazing. So congratulations, thank yeah. you. But that's yeah. that that and that is my devotion to having my experience, strength, and hope benefit other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know yeah. that has to. This 
scale has to tip in that totally. direction. Yeah. Otherwise, I can't live my purpose. Yeah, I was <laughs> just going to say that. that yeah. This is you living your purpose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, thank you for um, being so candid about mm-hmm. all of that. It's not uh, a topic that's come up on here before, but I agree. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not talked about enough, and mm-hmm. it's experienced often. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I would also like say to anyone listening that if they're struggling with that at any size mm-hmm. by the way yeah which is like any, body dysmorphia it right can happen at any size at any size mm-hmm. um because like the reality is the problem isn't the weight or the food exactly yeah. you know yeah um it's what's happening underneath that there is a solution there is so much hope there is a way out of of that um of that prison yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and I think sharing your story, like the the truth of it from start, middle to end, is really what. Like, I don't know. It's part of your unique story, and mm-hmm. it's part of what I think um, demonstrates your ability to help people as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think also that we're we all use something. You know, yeah. we all have a vice, and we all have even just habits that keep us from moving towards the place we want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It oh, doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, just as we're all recovering from something. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. all recovering from either addiction or grief or trauma, trauma mm-hmm. or there's so much. So yeah. Yeah. Um, what I have found is the mindset work creates um, a safe and supportive uh, place where we can work through those issues yeah, and come out the other side and actually have a rich, juicy, beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Whoever yeah. needs to hear that right now, yeah. just take it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, you little goal magnet, you. Yeah. What, uh, do you feel comfortable sharing what your current goals are that you're working towards? Yeah. Also, what I'm working towards now is creating a larger community in my, my coaching community. So creating, um, I want my impact to reach further. Nice. So, um, we're opening up a new round, um, of our, of the coaching program in November. So nice. we're prepping for that and, um, hope to see more women step out of the shame, out of hiding, um, out of avoidance, mm-hmm. and actually step into making that whisper a loud, booming voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? And yes. um, I feel so passionately about it. Wow. Yeah. And are you working uh, with exclusively women? With women. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone listening is like, I want to sign up immediately, <laughs> uh, where can they find you? How can they do that? My website is sarahlevinecoaching.com and the Instagram handle is sarahlevinecoaching. And we've just launched our Facebook group, which I'd love you to join. And that is called The Big Life with Sarah Levine. Well, Thank you, Sarah. That yeah. conversation was just so full of like juicy golden nuggets <laughs> that um, 
I'm sure whoever listen, is listening mm-hmm. uh, will have like so many takeaways. Mothers, entrepreneurs, yeah. entrepreneurs who are mothers. Yeah, anyone that's dealt with addiction or yeah. anything. Yeah, so many yeah. good things. So thank thanks you for, for sharing your story. Vulnerable yeah. share. Yes. Yes. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the next one.